Welcome back to Ghostly Talk. This is Scott L. And no one else is here tonight except for me. It's just little old me here in the studio. Yeah, Amber had to work. It happens sometimes. She'll be back soon. However, I was able to have the most fantastic conversation tonight. I'm really happy that I was here all by myself. Because I was able to talk to a gentleman named Mr. Bill Sweet. The subject matter that we were getting into, I frankly was a little uneasy about it. I was not quite sure. But I wanted to talk to him about this stuff and the stuff that he was proposing to me. And I'm really, really happy I did. You'll know why when we get into this. A few words on Bill Sweet, though. Bill Sweet has always been interested in how prayer and religion relate to consciousness and science. A natural connection between like-thinking people resulted in his involvement in the research of consciousness and prayer at Spindrift Research, where Bill became the president over time. Brought up on the North Shore of Chicago, Bill graduated from New New Trier High School and Illinois State University with a major in communications. He founded and was president of an entertainment booking agency in Chicagoland also. Sweet's avocations include being an investor, an audiophile, and an extra-class ham radio operator. Guys, I want you to keep an open mind, and I mostly want you to enjoy my conversation with Mr. Bill Sweet. Bill Sweet, thank you so much for taking some time to join us tonight to have a conversation. Thanks for being here. Welcome to Ghostly Talk. Well, good evening from near Chicago. Oh, what near Chicago? What, what part? Of, what part are you in? Right near O'Hara Field. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, right. We have the airplanes fly over our house. Yeah, I've stayed at hotels in that area before. Uh, oh, to, have you? You come down here for conventions? Yeah, like? every once in a yeah, we've been down there. Uh, you know, a lot of times over the years, and uh. That was that was honestly the time in my life where I didn't have as much, you know, I mean, it's not like I'm some rich person now, but uh, that was a time where I didn't really have any money. <laughs> so in order to go there, I'd have to stay by the airport where it was a lot cheaper to stay at a hotel instead of staying downtown. But that's what I heard. I heard yeah. that, that, I don't know why that is. I've heard that, though, that the hotels are more reasonable. Yeah, they are. Oh, they're a lot cheaper. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd always just stay out there by the airport, and it just seemed like it was just easier to deal with instead of – and just downtown, the congestion and all them things, too. I couldn't deal with that either. So I would stay outside of there. So, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what's great about this area where I am. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna, we're going to be talking about paranormal things tonight and consciousness research and yeah, power yeah. current things. There, there are just all kinds of clubs and groups and talks at colleges on this there's just so much activity in this area it's unbelievable we just have a lot of there's just a lot of 
interesting people in this area. It must be the consciousness of the area, but I really like it. Well, yeah, Chicago itself, I mean, there's an elect. I mean, I think any city, I think there, you're, you're going to have a lot in my, this is just my impression. I mean, I've been to a lot of big yeah, A lot cities. more. I don't, some people who want to move away from a big city, I don't get it. Well, yeah. I don't want to be in Chicago, Yeah, but there's so much going on, it's unbelievable. Well, you know, we were talking a few minutes ago, I mean, I live outside of Detroit, so yeah, we can go down to the city anytime we want, and it's the same idea when you live outside of Chicago, it's like, well, let's go out to the city and hang out for a few hours, you know, and then right, you can step right. out of that, and you know, you can kind of get, you can kind of put your arms, you know, you get down to the suburbs, you can kind of put your arms out without hitting something, <laughs> you know what I mean? So you get some you space. Right. You feel safer, too. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's, you know, yeah, I mean, because, and that's what was going back to that, I, you know, that idea you mentioned, I mean. Going, having gone to a lot of cities myself, you know, all over the country, you know, and, it, you know, smaller cities, larger cities, New York, for example, L.A., I mean, they all hit me the same way. Yeah, there's an electricity abound because there's just so much stuff. There's so many things happening. There's so much activity, people working, people hustling, doing whatever they got to do to get by, right? Uh, and then you have people just, you know, they're visiting. I mean, just I can go on for days about all the activities that are happening. So there's that, there's that electricity, I think. But at the same time, too, I mean, and I'm going to take a beating for this, but I mean, I go to Baltimore once a year, Baltimore, Maryland, once a year. and Oh, oh that's in the news. Well, yeah, and it, well, I mean, I love going there. The history is amazing. But to me, I mean, I just, when I come there every year, I, I mean, I'm excited to be there for the events that I'm going to see and be a part of. But the city itself kind of just bums me out. <laughs> it oh, just kind of bums just, me I out. Just, I feel so badly for them. I, yeah. I, th- I think that we have to do some, a lot of work. I don't, they say that it's actually worse than parts of Chicago and Baltimore. It is. It's just it, hard for me to believe. It is. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a scary place in certain areas. I mean, I was there this this past year for a music festival, and there was literally a riot that happened on the Inner Harbor. Which, if you've been to Baltimore, you have the Inner Harbor, and then you have you kind of have downtown, uh, which I think that would be south of that. I, I I don't know all my directions there. Are you a, are you a musician too, as well as a yeah. paranormalist? Yeah, it's one of my little side things I do. Yeah. Well, uh, it's kind of over. You know, it's kind of consciousness oriented. Yeah, it is. I find I find a lot of musicians. It's very interesting, very very interesting. Musicians and artists seem to get these things quicker than people just to have there's no you know nine to five regular nine to five job. I don't know what the, what it is, but yeah. I guess they're more right brained and, and that helps. Well, get I, stuff it's better. funny you mention that because I mean the long the all the years I've been doing this or being a part of it, I found yeah it happens. All the time to me, you know, new people I meet that study the paranormal, whatever, whatever field they're studying in, right? Um, yeah, I find more and more musicians. I find yeah, all the too. time. It's it's crazy. I'm like, why are there so many musicians that are, you know, in, in into the paranormal at least to a point where they where they attend conferences, they're networking with people, they're doing work. I mean, they're serious about it, right? Uh, I'm. Got a, I don't have it quite. Maybe you're one of your listeners or somebody knows, but I just talked to a parapsychologist that told me one of the great rock stars, he told me who it was, is totally into this and has has a whole written a whole book on the connection between music and UFOs and psychic stuff. Do you know what I'm talking about? That may be Tom DeLonge. Uh, I mean, 
you know, yeah, he has got a couple books now. Tom DeLong, um, a lot of people who, and I'm, yeah, I'm sure anybody listening you to this You show, know what I'm talking about. You oh, know yeah. what I'm talking about that, right? I'm pretty yeah, okay. sure that's who you're talking about. It's Tom DeLong. He was from a band called Blink-182, uh, kind of like a poppy punk band from back in the day, and now he does this band called uh-huh. Angels and Airwaves. And, yeah, my Amber, the other host, who's not here tonight, she couldn't be here tonight, um, she's a big fan of that stuff, and she has all of his books. And, yeah, he's he's making a lot of plays i mean i can't say i agree with everything he's saying or endorse it all uh, but he's making i don't a know lot of if, i don't know if that's it it doesn't ring about but when i find it i'll let you know yeah i mean maybe somebody so else so that's so the so big so guy right it now. makes the point that somebody else is doing it too oh yeah totally yeah i think a lot of people yeah this was somebody from one of the bands that you would think of like led zeppelin or total oh, one of these bands that one of those one of that 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 era yeah follow that up with me i'm fit. curious to know I, i'll that let now. you know what yeah, it is please, yeah well you know it's funny i should have paid more attention <laughs> it, it's funny though i mean because you i thought about that that idea before because uh, i i said as i've already said i have met a lot of people in this field that whether they're hobbyists or they you know they're studio musicians i mean there's a lot of you know, a lot of ways you can be a musician. You know, you don't have to be, you know, Led Zeppelin, for example. There's a lot of things you can do with music. Mm-hmm. Um, right, right. And I've met a lot of people that have had a that have a part in music along with stuff with the paranormal. And it makes me think of why do I find so many people who are musicians? And yeah, maybe is it a way the brain is wired that those kind of those kind of things are related with one another, or is it? That- well, maybe they know because this. A lot of people tell me that are songwriters and composers and i've heard interviews with famous people too yeah that these ideas come into their head they don't know where they're coming from and it's just a spiritual experience you know so they're aware that there's something outside of themselves that is affecting themselves so that's opening you up to just thinking physically about things and well, yeah, more of a metaphysical i think a lot of people a lot of people who are in the music i mean they're into progressive and forward type thinking I, I mean i don't know what other name you know weird thinking you know outside of the box thinking whatever thinking it may oh, be sure. you know thinking about alternative ideas and yeah i mean i often think of that 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 idea is very beautiful to me and it's also fascinating is like okay so when someone writes a riff or they write some lyrics or whatever they may be that's a part of a a song that may have some notoriety what uh, you know where does that come from uh, is it is it just from the, the 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 synapses and the firings in their brain that how their how their gray matter is wired up? That's how they can come up with these ditties, or is it coming from somewhere else? Like you just kind of mentioned a minute ago, is it? Coming I think from that most else? of them think it's coming from somewhere else. Yeah, possibly. Uh, just just uh, yesterday, I met two different people at two different functions. Uh, interesting enough, this is just yesterday. One was a musician that I hadn't seen in years. Yeah, and uh, he asked me what I was doing, and I brought up he didn't know anything about this consciousness research I was involved in at Spinter, so I told him about that. He almost fell off his chair. We immediately got into discussion. Yeah, no introduction, just right in the started right in the middle. He was prepared. He just he was knew this. He, yeah, he didn't have to go into introduction. He was. Yeah. we were in the middle of the conversation when we started. It was very interesting. Mm-hmm. And then I met a. Um, Two Buddhists who kept on at a different function, like a, a husband and wife Buddhist group, and they were telling me that uh, they were atheists. Buddhists are atheists. They don't believe in God and everything. And yeah. everything they said and everything they, and the way they acted and everything, and they were saying, oh, come on, come on, come on. The way you act, you're, you're very religious. All these things you're telling me are religious activities. But telling me, and every, it was funny. I, everything I talked about with them is the same thing. They understood what I was saying. I understood what they were saying. Yeah. But they got it in their head that they're atheists. I, I Weird. It was weird. They were no more atheists than the man on the moon, but they think they are. <laughs> well, it's. 
I mean, they meditate and they follow do religious procedures and they ring bells and yeah. songs and all. These are all religious activities. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, you know, and that's why I'm glad you're here because I have, you know, and, you know, along with the, with the stuff I want to get into with you know in this conversation, you know, I'm experiencing some things, especially this year, where you know when it comes to consciousness and this uh, this idea of prayer, I've had some things happen. And I mean, I like to think I'm pretty open-minded about things. You know, I have beliefs too, but I like to hear what people have to say. I like to see what the universe has to offer me also. Right. So that's where, um, at least for us here, spindrift comes into play. Right. Um, I guess, I mean, I never really heard the word spindrift to be honest with you until you and I came into contact. Right. Well, I'll tell you that, frankly, I hadn't heard of it before I got involved in it. Yeah. <laughs> I never heard the word either. Yeah. It's a term. It's a nautical term, and it refers to the curve of a wave during a hurricane or cyclone out at sea when the wind speed reaches a certain uh, range. Yeah. And when it does, it creates a, a little bit of a wave on top of a wave. Okay. And that spray wave is called spindrift. Okay. So, and the reason they named the organization Spindrift was, when right. I got involved, it, it was doing cutting-edge research uh, between matter and spirit, between the physical realm and the consciousness realm. And so they were, they were doing cutting-edge research, just like the cutting edge of the wave, the Spindrift wave. That's how come they named it that. So that's yeah, pretty wild. Yeah, okay. And that all, that all makes sense, though. Now, you weren't, I mean, and let me get, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but uh, you weren't one of the founders of Spindrift. There were founders, and you became the president at one time. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah, I I was on a date with a gal and I got talking about things I was interested in. I mentioned parapsychology and experiments and religion and science and ESP. And she says, well, you have to meet my brother and father, Bruce and John Klingbeil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just about fell off the chair. They were doing uh, full-time research into consciousness and prayer, and they had a lot of experience with prayer because they were full-time Christian science practitioners. Now, a lot of people don't know what Christian science practitioners are. You probably do. But uh, they are people in the Christian science church that are the counselors, the the advisors, the, the people who pray for other people and, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, help people out with problems in a spiritual way. Yeah. And uh, so well, the reason they got involved was is was they were also amateur scientists. So that sort of played in. They were all amateur scientists and Christian scientists. And they noticed, and this is a very interesting thing. I wonder if you run into this. Uh, maybe not as much, but they noticed that when people had a, a, had a, a dramatic healing or a paranormal experience or a psychic moment or anything along that line when it was successful, I mean, there's also, also you know, failures are pretty clear-cut. Something doesn't work. Okay, but when somebody has something work that's quite dramatic or it certainly yeah. stands out. Mm-hmm. They notice that the people, in, in our modern times anyway, it, that, that they dealt with, would be real grateful for what happened, repeat what they happened, and go on and on. But maybe six months would go by, and they didn't think any more about it. They forgot they had the experience, or they didn't think it was any big deal. It was like this moment that they had changed into something else, even to the point where some people forgot they had a traumatic experience. So, so, well, what's it? And this is, of course, this is the, the collective society suppressing people's psychic and experiences. So we don't look into these things because it's counterculture. It's, you know, it's not, it's, our culture doesn't get into this too much. Yeah. So, so they said, well, gee whiz, we better do some experiments. 
and see if we can come up with something that can show that there's actually a principle involved in prayer, and and you have the results as scientific data. So when people come along and say, yeah, there's no proof for this, no proof for this, and you can show them the experiments and show them the data, and this should bring some skeptics back to inquiry, but some people you'll never get to believe anything. But a lot of people who even had experiences will be reminded, oh, yeah, that's right, I had that experience, and this this is evidence that what I experienced, it does have a backup. It just isn't a fluke. There is actually some scientific principles involved, and other people are having them, and this was shown in a laboratory, this type of thing for our modern age. And so that's one of the great reasons they did the experiments at Spindrift was to see if they didn't know if they could, but they did find out that there ways, were ways that they could track prayer from some people. And then they okay. organize a database of these experiments, and uh, they have scientific explanations of them. Yeah. And uh, they haven't been accepted by the scientific community yet, but uh, I, th- I think it'll happen because science keeps moving forward. It keeps bumping into strange things, and this will certainly be one of them at some point. Yeah. Well, okay, so the question I have with that... Um, so you're saying that they, they were, you know, that Spindrift Research was doing experiments with prayer. So I guess what, what got me, what, what, where I was going with this, at least mentally, was um, so the experiments themselves. The things I would think of if I was going to try to, like, like, I guess, quantify data like that from prayer would be, okay, so the person... And I mean, I let, I mean, I'm just going to use an example, right? No, no, so, just tell me what you're thinking. Well, so the person prayer. So we have a person. We have we have person A, and we have them pray for uh, a new car or something, right? And I mean, I'm being very superficial right now. I know, but just to keep it simple, have them pray for a new car. And I guess the how I would think about that would be. All right, we have to have the control in here now. What's the threshold that's going to tell us that this prayer was, a, a, you know, a, a true event? Like, is it forty-eight hours? Is it seventy-two hours? It's it's a length of time. It seems like to me because if a person prays for a car in like two thousand nineteen, let's say they pray for a car today, uh, which is uh, September sixteenth, we're taping this show, um, and they get a car. September sixth, well, September September sixteenth, two thousand twenty-two. Does that really mean the prayer worked, or does that because it seems like that's a very long time when you're trying to quantify? It seems like data to me. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. What you're asking for there in an experiment yeah. is too complex to test. There's too many things. You got to reduce that down to a lot of things that have to be cut out to really have, make that a good experiment. Okay. Now that doesn't mean that a person who focuses on a specific goal will bring that goal into their experience. They will. The more you focus on a goal, you'll bring that into your experience. And you kind of actually have pointed to one of the prayers we tested. And I'll tell you how it's quantified. Maybe I should tell you how things are quantified first. Please, please. The, uh, we take a volunteer or experienced uh, person with prayer from some religion. We started out with our own group of Christian scientists, and then we asked other people from other groups to come in. And we had mostly, we have some rather complex uh, parapsychology experiments that I won't go into, but I'll go into the more simple ones. The test that we mostly did was is that we would have some plan system, some 
something alive, organic uh, flower seeds, uh, uh, corn seeds, wheat seeds, yeast cells, uh, lower okay. organisms that they're easily measurable in a laboratory. Okay. And uh, we, uh, soybeans, for example, we would have people, there'd be something wrong with, we'd put some kind of stress or something into the uh, the ground or into the water or whatever it is to to hinder the the growth of the organism being prayed for. And we bring somebody in to just pray for the wholeness and health of the organism. Okay. They don't understand what it is uh, that they're exactly doing, but they know it needs to uh, be healed. So the uh, then we would have a control group off to the side that nobody was praying for, but was under the very same conditions. And this is a good way of getting into data. And you just don't take the test one time. The people, in order to make this work, had to take the test 30 times over a long period of time because it's the accumulated result, the accumulation of the results that gives you an answer. If you just take a test once or twice, then, then the chance is involved, but you want to over, overcome chance. And so that's the reason they have to do tests so many times. It's it's a really, really tedious thing. The people, the volunteers, have to you know be willing to come in for, for a few weeks to get one test complete. Yeah. And the point is, is that if somebody comes in with a specific goal in their mind, like you're talking about uh, the analogy of I want a car, some people actually think that that way about everything. I want this plant to be healed. They have no idea what the plant needs. Or want. So actually, they do get a result that's measurable from that. I want this to happen, that to happen. However, that result may be the wrong result of what the plant organism needs. So they are actually mentally, psychically manipulating that plant in the direction that their thought wants it to go, and that's not what the plant needed. But that still adds up as data. And we call people who pray like that goal-directed prayers. They, they have a goal direction in their prayer. Okay. In Christianity, that's called petitionary prayers, when you ask for something specific to happen. Unfortunately, a lot of people ask for the wrong thing. You can ask for the right thing or the wrong thing. They both work, interestingly enough. And so that is not a very holy spiritual prayer, usually. There, it can be, but not as, a, not as a rule, because most people pray with their ego and what they want to happen. Yeah. Uh, that there's a joke that's related to what you uh, just said, too. Uh, a guy prayed to God for a new uh, 19, 2019 um, GM car. Now, GM, you're in Detroit. I'll say GM yeah. car. <laughs> and uh, so that's great. So his prayers answered. He gets the GM car. And then the voice of God comes down to him. He says, well, I'm grateful that you prayed for your GM car. But I had a Lamborghini in mind for you. <laughs> yeah. In other words, his yeah. own, he, 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 he wasn't open to something else. He was only open to what he wanted. Yeah. Which is ego. So that can be, huh? It's ego driven, basically. It's, what, it's about you. So It's about you, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. So, now, the other type of prayer that we mm-hmm. tested, and so we could contrast the two prayers, some people had a, more of a spiritual thought, and they would let go of their goals and their ego. And when they prayed, they prayed a non-goal-directed prayer. This is when they had no goal in mind. And just letting it flow to what the right answer was. And this is where we get into the argument that there's a, there's a divine influence outside of ourselves and intelligence that's guiding things. Because the person praying is not outlining what the result will be. But there is a result, and the result is a good one. But it's not always or very often the one you think it is. But you just have to 
pray for what is the best outcome in this situation. And in Christianity, that's called thy will be done versus my will be done. We have too much my will be done in the way people do things in the Western culture. Well, I know, Yeah, sorry, I'm going to cut you off, but I, I think that's a very, very profound idea as far in, in, re, in relation to prayer. And the reason I say that is I know that I've always struggled with the idea myself in my life and people around me, too, that I have to have control of everything. I have to have my arms around every problem. I have to have things under control and everything has to be planned. It has to be on a spreadsheet, blah, 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 right? Um, I've learned over many years personally that sometimes, if not more, if you can, you got to just let things go and let things kind of work the way they're going to work. Let the universe do what it's going to do, right? Um, So this type of prayer that you're saying to me is very profound. From that standpoint, because yeah, I, I don't. I think more people are just praying. If this is what they're doing, they're praying because they do have goals, and they may be lofty goals too, right? They may be like, "Hey, right. I really want." They, they may be, but please, often they are not. Mm-hmm. Please, I want to be happy. I want to have a good career. Blah blah blah. They're superficial things. That's what it really I is. I want to help people. Hey, that's a good. That's a good know, one. That's a good goal. But, you know. Okay, but but that's where they, to me things may get a little murky between the two because you have a person that has a goal, right? And what if their goal is completely selfless? Like, what if their goal is, hey, somebody give me the power, someone give me the tools to go out into the world and help people and make things better? That seems to me like that's not really very superficial. That's it's very divine on their part. That they're, it's very selfless yes, but on their that's part. That's not really. That's really a non-goal goal. You're just open to what is going to be the answer. That's the way to pray. It's a, we call that a non-goal goal. You you want to do what's right. Yeah, that's a goal too. But that's pretty open. See, the idea is to be open. See, goal-directed prayer that's very specific is closed. It's a closed system. Non-goal-directed prayer that's open is an open system. And anything yeah. that you're just opening to all various kinds of answers and scenarios that come to you, that's really the holier type of prayer. It's very hard for people to do that in our culture. Like you said, uh, people want to be in control. Yeah. Uh, I remember doing an interview with a newspaper reporter, and uh, she said, well, that scares me. She says, I, 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 I want to be in control of everything in my life. I wouldn't want to give up control. Yeah, and I don't think a lot of people do because, I mean, I say this all the time about this idea of control, controlling whatever is around you, your environment, your life, whatever you want to call it. Um, Uh I think a lot of people, and to me also, uh, the idea of not having control means you're delving into the idea of the unknown, and the idea of the unknown to a lot of people equals death, and that scares the hell out of people. Right. So yeah, when you, when you yeah, change those yeah, ideas yes, together, yes, well, that does, yeah, everybody's afraid of that. Yeah. And that's why I think I think this idea that this idea of control. Yeah. It's a very natural thing, I think, in part. It's part of the human condition. I wouldn't even call it a flaw. However, I, I just going along this idea here where, you know, you don't have this closed system of prayer. Like you said, which I do like that. That really makes that really brings it home for me. I do understand that. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where I mean, and I know, I don't know if I pray. I mean, I'm not trying to insert myself so much into this thing, but I'm I'm thinking about this stuff in context. Do you have any religious training? Oh uh, yeah, I was I was raised Lutheran. I was I'm a, oh. I'm a confirmed member of the Lutheran Church. I mean, I was I was oh, confirmed when okay. I was when I was very Senate, young. The, yeah. the Missouri Senator. What's that? 
which synods? Missouri Synod? Uh, you know what? I couldn't really tell you that. For, for Luther, that's, that's part of Lutheranism, correct? Well, there's, there's different branches of Lutheranism. There's the USCLCA, there's the, there's the Wisconsin, there's the, there's the Missouri, and then there's a couple other smaller ones. I can honestly, because, I mean, that, I kind of... Well, how conservative were they? How conservative were they? Not very conservative. It, it, was, it, okay. was, it was pretty late. Probably back, Missouri. Probably yeah, was, Missouri. I mean, I, I, I'm totally feigning ignorance. It's, on the, largest, it's the largest Lutheran group. <laughs> it was also a long time ago. I mean, I was like, that was 30 years ago when I was confirmed, and I did honestly kind of step away from it not too long after that, you know, for other reasons. But I, the reason I say all this is that I do find myself saying things to myself a lot. For example, when, and I tell this to my friends, this is, maybe this is something that can help you because I think, we we probably both know a lot of people that you talk to them and they, and it, they just kind of suck the life out of you because it's all negative, it's all pain, it's all this oh. and that. And I mean, I, I get, energy vampires. Energy exactly, vampires exactly. And I get people that are hurting, and you know, mm-hmm. they gotta talk to people. And I can, my instincts are pretty good. I've had it happen recently where there's somebody I bumped into. I had somewhere. one call me last night and leave a message for me to call him up. I don't know if I want. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking. No, about. I mean I recently bumped into someone on a trip I was on a few weeks ago, and this young lady and I started chatting, and I could just tell she wanted to talk about stuff. And yeah, mm-hmm. it was grueling. Yeah, it was kind of hard. But I'm like, she needs to talk to somebody. But that, but that point aside. Um, what I say to people and what I keep saying to myself is, okay, man, let it go. You're trying too hard to keep your arms around this. You're going to have to let this situation go, whatever it may be, and see how it's going to work out. Everything is happening for a reason here. Just let, your, let, it, let it play out and see what happens. I don't know if I'm really well, I think you. I think you could do a little thought experiment and see how it works out. I think a little prayer every day in the morning sets your day better if you could. Yeah. If you do the Lord's Prayer or anything in the morning, I think you'll find out you'll have a slightly better day. I think you'd be surprised if you practiced it for a couple of days. Well, I think, you know. what it does, it brings yeah. order to the day. There's a Thank lot of disorder in the day, and prayer brings order to your life. Yeah, I think especially in the morning if you're, you know, if you're. Especially you're, in the morning. Well, yeah, you work a straight, you know, you're working a nine-to-five job, and you got to get up every day. Uh-huh. And, I mean, that usual, that first hour, I know for me, you know, I'm kind of formulating ideas, getting directions. It's a bit chaotic right. mentally. Right, right, uh, and the world is more. The world is getting more and more crazy. Oh yeah, totally. It's 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 insane. The they way say I just heard on the um, TV about a week and a half ago that part of the reason for that they were thinking the suicide rate had to do with money and uh, opioids and all this, and it does. But then finding now too that it has to do with the fast pace of society and all the technology. The technology is driving people to suicide, which is really weird. Well, I think it it don't surprise me. It don't surprise me at all, Bill. Uh, I, th- I, I can feel the grind on my brain. I get, when you're just talking about technology, for example, right? I feel that burn when I grab my, I hear my phone go off and I get irritated when I hear a message go off on my phone. I mean, that happens to me every day. I feel, sure. I feel annoyed and I feel like... Mm-hmm. And I, but I still have that sense of duty that's like, well, somebody took the time to send me a message. I should oblige them and respond back to them in a reasonable amount of time. And that can be kind of grinding on you, I think, after, after a while. And I think just with the way technology is integrated now, 
It's a part of our lives. We can't escape it. I don't really know too many people. I know I know a few people that are trying to kind of keep themselves, and I say this term in, in quotes, off the grid, right? Uh, which to nowadays that really means like not having a Facebook account. <laughs> you know, it's, it's... Oh, yes. Well, we can talk a little bit about that, too. We have a little bit of experience with that, too, being off the grid. I'll tell you about that in a minute, but I wanted to yeah, yeah. just tie up the gold director pure and the Sorry, yeah, I'm sitting here... I think I forgot to tie up. Nah, I'm, it's me. I'm the one that takes us into the weeds. I apologize. Please, I want That's, to hear about no, this. No, <laughs> I liked it. I like the weeds. I like the weeds. Uh, the thing is, is that... I told you that the goal-directed prayer often did not give the plan organisms what they needed. Yes. Because the person has a preconceived idea in their head that they're projecting on the plant, and that's what happens. They're psychically manipulating it. Okay, I mentioned that. What I didn't say was the non-goal-directed prayer, when you're open to what's best or you just love, a lot of people just come and surround the beaker of yeast or the batch of soybeans or whatever they're praying for with love and kindness and support and whatever whatever it needs it can get. The mother love, we have mothers pray for things, and they're real good. Yeah. Uh, the organisms with non-goal director prayer get what they need. So you have, in the data, something to compare. You can compare how goal director prayer often manipulates things. It is psychically doing something, but the non-goal director prayer is giving the organisms what they need. It's very interesting. It shows up in the data. So it's so you can actually, in a way, it's almost like mind reading. You can tell how the person is praying by their results. Okay, yeah, and it, and it is very simple because well, we we've been through that. And I mean, and I want to be clear here because I did kind of take us off into the weeds for a few minutes. Coming back to this, these experiments were done on plants, like you were saying. And Most of our experiments were plants. The other ones are a little too complex to explain, but everybody understands plants. Yeah, everybody loves plants. I haven't met a plant hater yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. You're right. Who, who, there might be some. I'm like, but when you think uh, there's some like, people who like are totally into plants and they hate meat. That's like hating. So I know maybe it goes the other way too. Yeah, you know, that's like hating puppies and cats, though. It's like if you don't, what's, it is. What's wrong it with is. you? What, they, there's something wrong with you. you so I love green. I like I like plants. I love green. I like grass. I like I like colors. I like. Beautiful plants. I like exactly, roses. You know? I mean, exactly. they're beautiful things to look at. They're part of nature. I mean, it makes you feel like you're part of the world. You're part of the planet and stuff like that. I mean, you can go on for days, right. all the hippie stuff. But, right. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, who the hell, yeah, who doesn't like plants? That you know, that actually would be a good book title, Off in the Weeds. <laughs> that, that's a great book title. It just, has no direction. it just has no direction either. It just, it, just, <laughs> it, just, it, just, it just keeps going. I think it would hey, sell. I think it would sell. Hey, come to think of it, anyways, you know, I was thinking about that. that, would, that was, that's kind of how my brain works. It's a circus, I think, that happens in there. And that's what goes on. It just it, it goes from one thing to another. And that's how the book would have to go, too, I think. <laughs> that's, that's actually a well, great idea. It's funny you mentioned circus. It actually brings up something very interesting. What's that? Uh, the... Um, the point of a circus is to entertain people. And that's, you know, across the board. Now, of course, it's human. There's always going to be something in there that's not quite right. There's danger in the high wire, and every once in a while somebody gets killed or injured, and some animals aren't treated right. If you remember a couple of years ago, PETA went after the elephants. Remember that? Yeah, I remember that. So they got, to, they got to the point where they had to take all the elephants out of the circus. And what did that do? It killed the entire 
circus business. They all closed down. And they couldn't, people came to see the elephants. That's one of the main things of the circus. So there's an example of a goal direction coming in and interfering with something that's been harmonious and working well for a long time. But this goal gets so strong in there, it pushes the situation around and diminishes it down to zero. It's just amazing. I couldn't believe it. Well, but, but if you think about it, though, that, that could be perspective, though, also. The PETA people were very happy. And they don't really care about the circus shutting down. They just don't no, want to see. They, don't. they just want to see the animals not being, you know, not being, you know. And I, I'll say the term abused because that's what their perception is. Uh, right. I got my ideas too on that. But so for them, their prayers were answered in spades. But yeah, correct. And in, in, in the, that's the goal. Their goal, directed prayer, was answered, which shows that it doesn't always come from it from the universal. It comes from. How what what our goals and we're going to come in there and do what we want. Well, it's a it's that closed system you're talking about. Action reaction. I want the elephants yes, to be free. Yes. Now the elephants are free. Now there's no circus. And yeah, now you have people on the other side. And I'm just you know citing examples here who love the circus and now the circus doesn't happen anymore because of that one action. Right. right? So you got right. a lot of bum. And they out don't people. care, by the way. They don't care about that because they reached their goal. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. It, 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 it's a closed system, like you said, for them. They just want their which brings action. up another which brings up another thing about psychic interference. There's all these prayers going on in the world, and you have the battle between the gold prayers and non gold prayers, and who knows what other kind of prayers. Yeah, People yeah. only tested those two styles of prayers. There's probably hundreds of different styles of prayers for other religions in the world, and all these things are up in the air like radio waves, and they're all fighting each other. So the ones that get actually get through is, is quite remarkable with all that interference, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you're saying, I mean, you just kind of said differences. I mean, there are obviously, I mean, let's keep, let's break it down. I mean, people that are listening to this, when you say the term prayer, I mean, obviously that points right to religion, right? Uh, And as we both know. It it mostly does. It mostly does. But not always. I know an atheist that prays. I I get a big, big kick out of it, but. Yeah, that's I have never I don't know any, I don't know anybody who does that as far as atheists are concerned. But you yeah you, I know and it's because I said why do you pray? He says well just in case there's something out there I don't know about. So that's good. It's an insurance policy for you. yes. He said yes. Well, that's good. I said that's very good. I like that. Well, isn't that more agnostic though? If you're if you're kind of floating. Well, I, well, yeah, I would say yes. But he says he's in a yes. I would agree with you. It's more agnostic. But he says just in case I'm wrong. Yeah, I would say it is boring now. So she, in his mind, it isn't. But it, I, yeah, I think I think technically speaking, you'd be correct. Yeah, um, it just seems more agnostic to me. I had a friend tell me a long time ago because uh, I, I I mentioned uh, it was years ago when I was in school, and I and I mentioned that you know, oh, well, maybe I'm agnostic. I said maybe I'm agnostic or something like that. He's like, oh, you're a chicken shit atheist. Is that what you are? <laughs> and I about died laughing. So I'm like, that's tr- that's true. I mean, it's very. Yeah, I mean, it's I, not true, true, but it's. Well, it I had apply. to visit this church in Chicago. I I just I heard about it. I had to go on their service. We have an atheist church in Chicago. Okay. And uh, I said, this is incredible. So I went to one of their services three, maybe three, four years ago. And they have a, a church, it has stained glass windows, they have a Sunday morning service, they have collection, they have music, they have a sermon, they just don't talk about God. And they have a Sunday school. And they just like church, they just don't like having a God figure in it. Well, I mean, Isn't that interesting? I, I, it's very I thought interesting. that was fascinating. <laughs> it is fascinating. It's very, it's very interesting. And I know a lot of people would, would look at that and I mean, I know my initial reaction was just that too. My knee-jerk reaction is, "What the hell, you guys? 
you don't want to you don't want to have church. You don't, but you don't believe in God. I mean, there's a lot of things that are going to fire off. But they right? like the structure of it. They like the, the structure and the routine and the things involved. And I mean, I guess why not? And, and I got a kick out of it. They even have a Sunday school. Yeah, and, I, and that's like you said. My <laughs> thing is, my thing is, why not? I guess. I mean, if you do like that 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 structure and that organization, some people like rituals and stuff. They like to be part of rituals and things like yes, that. I, I get yes, that. I think you so. know? I mean, I think that's. I think that may be. I mean, I think a lot of people I know. It was from, like those Buddhists I met yesterday. I mean, everything they said contradicted in my mind what they were saying about themselves. Yeah. I mean, I know friends that went into the military because they and I we've had I've had these conversations, and I say, well, you know, why do you want to go? And they're like, well, I like structure. I like I like the routines. I really like that yes. part of it. I like the, yes. you know, the marching yes. and yes. things. Yes, I have a friend that was in the military. It was the best thing he ever did. He yeah didn't seem to have any organization, but he got in the military. It was great for him, and he stayed in there for, for over two decades. So there you go. Good. Yeah. So I mean, as far as prayer is concerned, though, where I was going. Um, I guess like different religions, uh, Catholics. Obviously, we talked about uh, well, we talked about Buddhists, Hindus. Uh, well, bit Buddhists don't pray. Uh, Baptists. I mean, there's obviously there's hundreds and well, hundreds. They, and not they thousands. do. They meditate. It's pretty close. Yeah, you know, it's pretty meditate. close. But I guess do these different religions pray differently, or the or uh, or yeah, the they, results? They, they do. They do. They all do pray differently. Yeah. And so we had. That's one of the reasons we had to find something to test. I and mean, they're all different. We, let's find a couple. Uh, things we could zero in on. So we came up with, well, I say we, the founders of Spindrift came up with the idea, well, let's contrast goal-directed prayer, petitionary prayer, asking for specific things against non-goal-directed prayer where you're just being loving and open to what the best answer is. And that turned out to be very successful. Okay. And, I, and then, of course, we tested people who didn't get any results in their prayers, too. As always, but there were some people who got no results, too. Really, I mean, was, and was that a? I mean, as far as the experiments were concerned, was that a high number or was it a lower number? As far as no results whatsoever. Well, that's a very good question. We we tested a, a lot of people, and we tried to find people that had some experience with prayer, but we found uh, that th- it wasn't that many people. But some people were surprised surprised us. I mean, we tested a a minister who really wanted to be tested, and for some reason he got no results. It was, it was I, I, we were startled. Yeah, we thought, hey, this guy's experienced as a, minute, a Christian minister, he, he would get some results. He's very experienced in this, so he got no results. However, I, he, he, I wish he'd came, he, we, 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 maybe someday he'll come back or something. But so, And then there are a lot of people that uh, didn't take it seriously. I don't even know if they were praying, you know. We well, had one... We had uh, we had more than at least one or more people who came and said they were going to trick us and not do anything, just to show us our experiment, whatever the data it showed with as a ha ha, you got a result from me, but I didn't do anything. Well, they showed up in their tests that they didn't do anything. Were they ever startled? Yeah, uh, I mean, well, and yeah, I, I was going to say about the minister, and I, I guess I can go for people who. Yeah, with this with this with with the attitude that I'm going to try to trick the system or or do whatever. I guess yeah. the idea for me thinking about is okay. So fine, you're you're a minister. You're 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 you're, you're educated in this. This is your life, uh, essentially. Yeah. But they, 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 I don't, we we think that's also unconscious agendas going on. It could have been something 
there was a block in his subconscious mind thinking it was blasphemous to do it. We had a lot of people think well, yeah. that it's tempting the Lord and it's, uh, this is not a good idea to bring science into religion. So you could have subconscious saboteurs going on. So you, you may be a good prayer, but you can't pray in the laboratory because you have all these guilt feelings and things going on. And yeah, that you have no control of. I mean, really, they have no control of that. Um, no, they don't. But you could practice, you know, it's like anything else. The more you practice and you start getting over your fears and you just get better things. It's just like people say, I can't do this, I can't play this instrument, or I can't learn math. Or, so you, the more you practice and the more you do it, you get better. You get better and then you finally get to kind of a level of confidence, you know. Mm-hmm. What about quality producing order? We have that written well, down that's here. A big, that's a big word in our, our research. Uh, we call the Spindrift Prayer Research qualitative research. We, are, we feel we are measuring the effects of quality thought. The higher quality thought is the holier thought. And quality is a matter of bringing order to a situation. And I think, I think most human beings, well, a lot of human beings anyway, know when something has quality and when it doesn't. I think that's sort of inborn. We all know we know better food from lousy food. We know better clothes than bad clothes. And we just know certain things. Or, or if we hear somebody speak, well, we know this person's erudite or this person doesn't know how to talk. You know, So we have a sense of quality in a lot of things. Even when we buy a car, it's a very interesting thing. Um, there's There have been some scientific studies. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know where it is now, but... Somebody found that when people buy cars, they tend to always get a, either stay the same or go to a better car. Nobody ever goes backwards. You don't go out and say, I, I had this beautiful car, like, now I'm going to go buy a wreck. It's because people have this sense of quality. Once you reach a plane of quality, you don't go back. You stay on that level or you go forward. So people do consciously and unconsciously recognize quality. Yeah. And what does quality do? It brings more order to any situation. And so... When we have, um, well, like I'm just, I just thought of this. I'm, I'm a stereo nut. I'm an audiophile. You, you can, some speaker companies have a whole range of speakers, for example, you could buy. Oh, yeah. For, from inexpensive to mid-range to high-end to super high-end. Well, what, they, what you're talking about there is levels of quality, more and yeah. more quality. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, and in regards, yeah, and as far as quality with that, I mean, the better you get, the more control you have over what well, well, the system has over the the sound, and that's where you're supposed to get you get, you get better quality sound than they say, right? And you do, yeah, you do. You're, you're talking about the word quality. This word quality is is is, is my most. It's for me. It's the best word in the English language. I love it. And we and they uh, see. I I think that was even true before I got involved in spin drift. Do you remember the movie In the Heat of the Night with Sidney Poitier? Absolutely. Oh, man. Now, who was the, uh, who was the guy? Who was the chief of police? He was a famous actor. Oh, uh, God. He was on it. He was uh, I can't believe I'm forgetting this right Rod, now. Rod Sumpter. Well, you know who he was. You remember that, right? Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. So here, here's an example of this recognition of quality. Sidney Poitier is a black man. He's, you know, everybody thinks the black people are... The ones you arrest first, it's just sort of in the conscience. It shouldn't be that way, but it's in consciousness. So he's arrested as a murderer. And he's during the interrogation by the police, chief of police, this famous actor. Uh, he, uh, the, the police chief says something to Sidney Poitier, and Sidney Poitier says, To whom are you speaking? 
And that word whom is a quality word. Remember that scene? Yeah. To whom are you speaking? Yes. And that indicated to the chief of police that Sidney Poitier was a man of quality and not the murderer. He knew it right then. Yeah. It was good. So it's, there's, you know, it's just interesting. You just pick it up. You know, a murderer is not going to say that word. Well, yeah. And quality shows up our higher manhood and our higher womanhood, you know, mm-hmm. and everything. Well, I think quality thought and quality speech, I mean, that, I mean, it, just in everyday life, I mean, yeah, that's a great example from that movie, but I think in everyday life, I know, I know personally when I have conversations or with people that I meet or I meet people and happens often nowadays, I listen to them. I do listen to the, the quality of their, of their speech. Um, and there's some Good. people, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not, I know I'm not, I'm not an angel. I curse too. Uh, but I have, I've tied some people I've talked to. Yeah, that's but all the, they do it is curse. Define you. My cursing might define some people, but that doesn't define you. That's yeah. occasional. Or you know, yeah. I mean, not just cursing, but just how they speak. Uh, how you know how their speech works? I mean, obviously, cursing. If uh, I know, I have met people where every other uh, every other word is the f word coming out of their mouth, and I'm like, man. You're really wearing it out, man. Like you're really killing me with this thing. I can't deal with this. But that's qual. It's called. It's quality speech. It's quality thought. Obviously, quality thought then quality speech. Uh, and that does to me. I make judgments. I I do make judgments based on that. Like this person. Well, sure, we do. Doesn't seem now, very. You know. You you might be interested. In your readers might be your listeners. That uh, the Spindrift website is spindriftresearch.org. Yes, thanks. Or spindriftresearch.org, and if you go to the FAQ page. The uh, there's 21 questions on there, and questions two and four are all about quality. Question two and four are all about quality thought. So and the different qualities. So yeah, so that that's the that's the big thing of this though is is quality thought though, and that's 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 the big deal. Yes, and we, we feel we're testing non-quality thought would be when you, we would say that if you're, hey, send me a new car, that's kind of non-quality thought. That's just sort of a material thought. Now, if you were praying for, you know what, I'm, uh, God, I'm having transportation problems. Let's find a, I'm open to a solution. What is the solution? You know? Yeah. That's, that's better. That's not, that's not closing the loop. But if you so have much. on the back of your mind that you want a real quality car, that's okay. But just don't be that specific. Yeah. It's, be open it's, to something, you know. It seems to me that the, the quality prayer from what we've talked about so far, it's just that. Help me find solutions. Help me guide me to where... To the best order yeah, for yeah, the situation. Yeah, guide me, not give me. Guide me. Not, you know, well, that's pretty good. i got to write that down. I like that. Guide me and give me. I like the way that rhymes. I'm going to use that. Well, yeah, guide, guide me, not give me, right? Uh, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, that's I mean, pretty good. I mean, well, and that's... What the, well, that's it just seems, I think that's, and you know, prayer itself, it's interesting to have, you know, to talk about this because, I mean, yeah, I think we both know, like, I mentioned earlier, like this idea. However, some giving you is okay. I mean, there's, you can ask, for, I mean, give, give me this day our daily bread. That's right in the Lord's Prayer. So you can ask for something. Yeah, I mean. But don't overdo it. Don't make it materialistic. And, don't, and that's another thing when you, the thing that you're asking for, you want to make sure it's not hurting somebody else. A lot of people pray. Uh, for I want this job. Well, that means a lot of people won't. Other people won't get the job, or or knock off my boss, or have him retire, or make him sick so I can have his job. That's, that's the way some people pray. Give me just, that job, and know? that's not it's quality it thought. It seems like to me that's evil thought. That's not good thought. Well, you'll be surprised how many people they think that's a positive firm when it's really negative. 
It's positive for them, just like it was positive for PETA, for the for the circuits. Exactly. It's the same exactly. idea. Exactly. But there was nothing holy in it. It was materially positive, but there was nothing spiritual about it, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean... This whole idea, I mean, and it, it does tie in with this idea. That's what I was saying before was this superficial idea. I mean, and it's been, I mean, I know it's pounded, like my upbringing and the, the people I'm around, I think we all kind of have the same philosophy. If somebody comes around us and all they can, they really care about is things. Look, look at my car. Look at this. Look at that. Right. I've always frowned on stuff like that. I mean, it's nice to have nice things. I understand, like, you know. Yeah, it's nice... tempting to show off. I yeah, mean, you I know, can yeah. be proud of some things. I Absolutely. show off some uh, things. I show off my stereo system to friends, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, and that's uh, something you, people are interested in. That's cool stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. I think what you're dealing with... However, it can, it can backfire, too. I had one of my... I, I'm a musician, too, and I had one of the guys in my band come over yeah. and hear my stereo. And uh, he said, well, I'm never coming to your house again. I said, what? Why is that? Says, well, I could never have a stereo like this or afford a stereo like this. You'd just make me feel uncomfortable. So I, I had no idea that would be his reaction. So he's never been here. He's only here once. I've known him for years. So it's, sometimes things backfire. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I like to think that if you're, you know, if you're a nerd for something, and a lot of people are nerds mm-hmm. for things, you know, you want to be around people that have stuff. You want to learn from people when it comes to stuff like that. Uh, and, and to me, that doesn't, that isn't really a superficial thing. It's, you know, I think it's, you, you can kind of see that with society, I guess. And I'm trying to give this a direction, it, you know, is I know people are frowned upon uh, celebrities, for example. I mean, I know they're an easy target, but uh, celebrities, for example, you'll see them with all the flash and stuff like that. And I don't, I, I don't know where they have fans, frankly, because everybody I seem to talk to, they all say, look at that person. They're, they're horrible. Look at this, all their stuff, their expensive stuff they have. They have no soul whatsoever. They don't know what real life is or how life can be, which I, I agree with all them points, right? Uh, but somehow these people can seem to persevere. It's a superficial idea uh, you know, that people well, seem to well, have. Well, you, you can persevere. You, you get me right now that if you have a goal-directed thought, you can accomplish things. There's no question about that. It's, it's, it's mind over matter in a way. Yeah. And but what I'm saying is, is that it, it's not imbued with the highest quality. Or what could be the most positive outcome? Yeah. It's what outcome you may want, but you may find that um, it's not the best. There are. Well, this is this is what comes to mind. I probably am going to regret saying this, but this is what's coming to my mind. I. I know in the, both in the Bible and in real life, I know of situations where people had prayers that implored and were insistent that something would happen a certain way. Uh, I, uh, uh, for, uh, well, well, I can think of a couple examples where people wanted a child to be healed with some horrible, just unbelievable, horrible disease. And, and you know, the, the prayer was granted. And, of course, these children grew up and just had miserable medical conditions all their lives. and couldn't, They probably actually would have been better off just letting it go and letting the answer be, you know, the answer could have been, well, maybe there's just it's not the right answer for this kid. Well, that, go on, but that's just going to have a miserable experience. But they insisted yeah. on it. And so they got their answer. Well, and I think, I think maybe some people, when it comes to prayer like this, I mean, Emotions are important. We, I think we can both agree on that. They're important. They drive you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
you know, they're, they're good for you. You need emotions. They're make, they round mm-hmm. you in a, into a good person, I think. However, yeah. I think that's a good example right there of there also is this thing called logic, right? That right. you have to look at a situation. I'm sure some of your people hearing me say that over, think that's horrible what I said. But No, no. I, I, I mean, look, it's not pretty, but I mean, I personally, I'll tell you exactly how I think. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard. It, it it hurts to hear that. It's hard. No one wants to see a child die. No one wants to see their pe- their baby cat pass away or whatever it may be. Right. Um, uh-huh. However, do you want them to it suffer? It might be, be under the circumstances. It might be. It might be better. No, I the agree. lesser of two evils. I agree a hundred percent. I think you know, and that's. I mean, yeah, and and okay. Let's say somebody like let's just blow this whole thing apart, right? Like somebody listens to this right now. You guys who are listening to this show right now, right? If you responded like, oh, my God, what a horrible person Bill Sweet is. This is ridiculous. That's the problem for me right there because I understand emotion. I have emotions. We all have emotions. However, I keep imploring this idea of logic when it comes to living your life and making decisions. Um a friend of mine told me a, a you know a great example of this. He's like, I made a big mistake with my dog years ago. He had a, this awesome dog that he loved to death, and the dog got sick. He spent over thirty thousand dollars to keep this oh dog alive. Gosh. To keep this dog alive, they said we can we can keep the dog alive. Well, we can do an operation on the dog. It'll cost a crap ton of money. But this dog will still be alive, but this dog will not be very happy. We're going to tell you right now. They flat out told him, you'd be better off putting the dog down. It's sad. We know it'll hurt you, but you're going to be doing this animal a favor. If you really love this animal, you should do this. And he said, no, I don't want to lose my dog. Whatever it costs, do the procedure. I'm going to pay for it. And he did. And he flat and he knows now that he made a mistake, that he didn't do right by that animal, Right. He, yeah, see, he insisted. You notice that insistence? Yeah, it sounds familiar. He implored. He implored. This, exactly. Uh, demand this happens. Exactly. So, yeah, some he, people do that, and the answer, answer will come, but then you might, you're you going to have some bad results. There are people who have had answers to prayer that later on backfired because they realized they pushed their answer too hard. Yeah, I mean, and that's where I say this idea of logic is going to come into play here. My friend openly admits that he made a mistake now. And you know what? I could never in my entire life even try to fathom the idea of how I would respond if I had a child that was, you know, afflicted with a really bad disease, right? But I do know, because I'm a bit older now, I do know that I don't want to see things suffer, whether they're people or animals especially, right? Uh, I don't want to see them suffer. So sometimes you got to make the hard decision like that. Um, and, yeah, it's not pretty, Bill. I, but that's my point. I my had a guy. I'll tell you what a guy said to me today, and I was very surprised. And this is a very intelligent person, mind you. This is he, – he's, he's very bright. And I don't know how we got on the topic, I, I, uh, but uh, – Oh, I know. We were talking. Well, you know, Marianne Williamson. I actually I like a lot of things she says, but she's running for president. Yeah. And uh, she actually lived near you in Michigan there for a while. I don't know if you knew that. No. But uh, 
she wants to have a department of love rather than a department of the Pentagon. Rather than the Pentagon have a department of love. I don't know if it's maybe a separate department or rename it or something. And she feels we'll be able to get have no wars that way. And I was just saying, you know, sometimes you have to be practical. I mean, these metaphysical truths are, are wonderful and everything, but we also live in human experience, and there's a lot of evil. We have to deal with a lot of evil. And he said to me, and I, I still can't believe it, and this is right off the press from today, I kind of agree with her. If we don't have anybody in the military, have nobody join the military, and have have uh, uh, if we let's just have no military, and then we won't have any wars. So did you really say that? Say yeah. I said if nobody's in the military, we're not going to fight anybody. Yeah, but I said, do you realize the other people in the world, if they realize we don't have a military, they're going to come in and invade us? No, no. If we don't have military, they won't have a military either. So there won't be any wars. I couldn't believe it. It's it's a really, uh, I mean, for and me. Well, you saw at some point you have to be practical. Well, you have to be practical, hundred percent. I and I was gonna get to that. <laughs> I know I was because uh, but I was flabbergasted. Yeah. This came from an intellect. I mean, I know, I know. There's not anybody I know who wouldn't agree with that. As far as okay, look, if the entire world finally got their collective shit together and said. Okay, guys, look, we're all going to just drop arms here and shake hands and try to work for the better good of our species, for example, right? Star Trek. Uh-huh. <laughs> Gene Roddenberry's you know, utopian <laughs> idea, right? Yes, yes, I mean, Star that's Trek. that's yes, really right. what it was. Let's get rid what of... What do they call that? There's a, what is that? The Universal Federation or something well, like that? Well, Federation, United Federation of Planets and stuff like that. But they got rid of money and all them things and said, we're just going to work to better our, to better our race on this planet. Which, yeah, dude. I'm there. You, you, you guys, you guys set this thing up, and you give me a solid foundation that I can look at. I am the first person in line. I'm right there with you. However, it's a very big planet that's growing exponentially as far as a population is concerned. And with that, you have a lot of differences of opinion. You have a lot of differences uh, of philosophies, ideas, and yeah. I agree with that. And you have a lot of evil going on in the dark. You don't even know. Yeah, that's where I was going. Like that's it. Within that, you're going to have a lot of shitheads. Um, So you're going to have a lot of people. You are. You just can't believe how much there is. It's unbelievable. Yeah, that their perception of things are different than your perception of things. You know, I. I mean, Uh the idea of evil. That's a whole. That's a whole night of conversation right there. Because the idea of evil. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if a shark comes up to you in the water and bites your leg off. You're going to look at that as a pretty evil act, you know, because you're the one losing the leg. And that's not yes. going to benefit you at all. However, that is correct. The shark is just hungry. <laughs> the shark was just hungry, and, and the shark smelled something good and said, I'm hungry. The shark is just being a shark, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. so, and, that's, and I think the same thing goes with people. You have different ideas. Yeah, you knew it. If you knew the sharks were in the water there, you knew they were in the water. So. Well, yeah, and that's that's a whole other thing too. If you know the sharks, are, they stay the hell out of the water. But I mean, that's right. But people have, right. and but, a lot of people don't do that. No. I know people, and maybe you, I mean you do too. And I just cannot do anything with them. They say, "I say, why don't you lock your doors?" Says, well, I've never had anything happen. Lock your doors. Well, what about if it happens? Yeah, yeah. you never had anything happen. Well, what about if it happens? That's the reason you lock your doors. So nothing happens. Well, nothing bad has ever happened. Well, yeah, oh gosh, the world's what changing. You call that? You know, and These I, are educated people. Yeah, I mean, and th- th- there is that breakdown. But yeah, there is that, that idea, and that's what I was saying. Like, you know, people have different perceptions of what's good and evil, 
right? Right. I mean, that's true. That's true. I, I, I mean, so yeah. What my perception of uh, of good and what another perception's uh, a person's perception of good is, there could be completely different things. Uh, and that right. scares. Well, the, this brings up. A, no, this actually brings up a good point, Scott. The yeah. thing is, is that we would make the argument at Spindrift. Uh, that what brings order is good and what brings disorder is bad. There's a way to kind of get a clear-cut description of good and evil. Yeah, I mean, and that really is, to me, I mean, look, I mean, I don't think things are, are all that simple. But, yeah, bringing order to something is a good thing. I mean, it it makes sense. I mean, I know, I know just from my narrow mind that I have, that's my big thing is I like order and structure. With everything, right? Professionally, good, and the better, and then it means you like quality too, because the better order, the better quality. Better quality, exactly, right? Uh, but, but that goes. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to argue this, but that goes right back to what I was saying though before. Another, I mean, what my idea of order is like. Look, me and me and Amber, my better half, who's at work right now. Her idea of order and my idea of order are two different things, and I'm not, you know, she's she's not here to defend herself, so I don't want to be, you know, beat up on her. But like, we okay. have different ideas of we have different ideas of order, and sometimes her idea of order, I'm like, oh my god, I wince, I start to start to twitch and stuff when I see it, right? Well, there's different levels. You're just on different levels of order. Okay, yeah, but I mean, but is at it, least he's not into disorder. Well, no, and that's the thing. Like, you know, yeah, it's not. Oh my gosh, what if you were? Cooked up with somebody was in the disorder. Well, yeah, and that's up. that that we worked that way. But yeah, what yeah, if I mean, what if you were married? Little, what if you were married to an opioid? Oh god! Oh yeah, oh, that, that's di- that's disorder in the highest level. That's disorder. Yeah. So I mean, but somebody like that though, I mean, okay, that's a great way to. I mean, a great path to go down with this though, Bill, because somebody who is hooked on opioids, right? Their mind is changing. Their mind's being warped in ways that we don't understand. So then they Correct. have a whole different perception of what order is. Their perception yeah. of what order is is if they can get that fixed and make themselves feel better, right? Right. And what they That's leave right. what they leave behind them is a whole bunch of disorder trying to get to that right. piece of order that we both know is not order either. Right. They're building immediate, they just want something in the immediate future and nothing beyond that. Yeah. And they don't remember the past, and they yeah. don't remember mistakes. It's unbelievable. So going back to this, I you know a few minutes ago. Yeah, the I I mean I'm all about this idea of a utopian society where we all can put down our weapons and we all can shake hands and say let's get it, let's do the right thing now for each other. Well, let's I never. Other. Someone's got to show it to you. I could be wrong, but I don't ever remember Jesus ever saying that's possible. He said. We'll always have wars, we'll always have earthquakes, we'll always have conflicts. And he said, we'll always have the poor with us. I wonder what that's not good. Did you know he said this? He said, the poor will always be with us. We're never going to get rid of this poverty thing. Yeah. We, so, can, we, can, we can improve it, but we're always going to have some poor people. So, I mean, it's Jesus, Jesus said that. Did you know that? Isn't that incredible? Well, and, and that you would have thought he would say everybody can be, have harmony and everybody can get out of there. So, no, he said, we're always going to have poor people. So I mean that's part of that's part of the human experience then that's part of our condition it's part right. you know having having war and poverty and having these yeah. negative these negative things these the, these these pieces of disorder in our environment right. 
as opposed. And so that's what what's what prayer and, and spiritual thinking can help at least. If it can't heal it, at least it could keep it at bay or improve the situation. Or it can help you as a person to get order in your own life, right? Well, that's a good start. I mean, yes. and to me, I mean, because I, I like to listen to people talk about big problems we have. I mean, whether it's politics or the world or, or the eco, you know, uh, ecosystem, whatever it may be, people will talk about these huge things, right? And I mean, I know that they're... There, there are things that, that should be talked about, and they're interesting. But I always go back to the kind of the microcosm of it and go, yeah, man, so, well, I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> like, so how are you working well, out? You know? Yeah, how are you? Yeah, it's easy to criticize, but what are you doing? Yeah, like, yeah. What, what are you, I mean, maybe, what are you, okay, so you got a real problem with this thing. Are you doing anything as a person to try to try to help yes. that? Or maybe, do you, I mean, oh. not, not just that, like the put up or shut up thing, right? Um, yes. But, I mean, how are you? Or the people <laughs> yeah. that criticize the paranormal. Say, well, what are you doing to show that it exists or doesn't? All you're doing is criticize. Have you ever looked into it, seriously? Have you looked at any of the scientific evidence? No, no, it just, it's just all crazy and it doesn't exist. Well, it's easy to criticize. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, I mean, and I, I'm as, I will listen to a skeptic as much as I'll listen to a person that's a, a blue-blooded believer, Right. Uh, but yeah, if you're going to say I don't believe in it, well, yeah, you better you better bring some interesting points that I'd like to hear about, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, and that's where that, yeah. that thing does come from. What are you doing? Yeah, we were wondering yeah. why um, we went to a group of skeptics that James Randi was part of and other skeptics mm-hmm. with some of our experiments way back when, way back in the 1980s and 90s, and uh, we never heard back from them. We said, "Here's our proposal. We'll go. We better, you know, here we'll do, we have your measure requirements for your testing." Why? Then we call them. Why didn't you uh, get back to us about the experiment? And their answer was, "Well, we knew it wouldn't work." Well, that was yeah. That was his his paranormal challenge. That was the and, answer. Well, I yeah, wait was, a minute. Wait a minute. We, you had all these requirements, and we met them, and we were willing to go yeah. test it. Now, why was that? Well, that's not going to work. So that was the end of the conversation. Well, that's not very fair. I mean, as far no, as... A, a, but a, if they, they had the idea, yeah, as a skeptic, you know, there's nothing paranormal in the world. You have nothing to test there. Why would it be tested? So they put out a, they put out an offer to have something tested, and when you meet their requirements, they come back and say, well, we don't need to test it. It doesn't exist to begin with. It's kind of weird. Yeah, that it's is kind of a ca- twist, the mind, mind twisting. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Um now, one, I mean, one more thing I wanted to just kind of chat with you about. And I, so I was, I was kind of going through our notes here and I think we may have, we may have touched on this already though, but I'm, but I'm interested in this because it is this idea of psychic warfare, right? Um, yes. And, you know, as far as defense mechanisms and things like that, uh, subconscious mind defense, the defense systems, right? I mean, what yes. a, tell me about this idea. I mean, as far as, I mean, and I, well, I know it's in relation feel, to prayer, We right? feel, I, yeah. I, take, I don't want to take credit away from the guys who are actually doing the real research. But, yeah. Uh, it's Spindra feels uh, that the, um, do you remember when I originally said that people would forget they had these psychic experiences and spiritual healing? Do you remember when I mentioned that earlier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did further thinking about that, and they uh, they said, you know, a lot of people have psychic and paranormal experiences. A lot of people have them. Some people even have them pretty often, but they don't notice them. Or if they, it just quickly goes by them and they forget it or they, 
it's 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 like a joke. They hear a joke and they forget it. I mean, they 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 have something happen. Oh yeah, that's great. And, and they don't they don't take notice of it again, or they don't keep track of it. Yeah. They got thinking. What if we could do some testing of how the defense mechanisms of the mind work? This is already an accepted part of psychology, and just just bring it into parapsychology. Something that's already accepted. So it gets rather complex how they set up the experiments. They can read about this in the. Uh, on the Spindrift website, also my book. If you go to the spindriftresearch.org mm-hmm. and go to the uh, book where it says book, hit book, and it gives a review on my book. You can yeah. read about it there. You can also read about it on the experiments page, read about the experiments. But basically what happens is our defense mechanisms in the mind don't only block experiences from us that psychology says they do like people are in denial oh you're a drug addict no i'm not i'm an alcoholic no you're not we all know about that defense mechanism Mm -hmm. or you or you or you tell uh a wife that her husband's cheating on her own no he would never do that you know people have these defense made they don't they don't believe truth no matter what and uh we found that when people have psychic experiences the mind goes right to work to cancel them out so you don't remember them. Or if you do remember them, then they really go to work on you and pervert the experience so that whatever you repeat about it is, is a perversion of what happened and it can't be accurate. So then when you, somebody will think you're a fool. They, they say, oh, that's a fool. You know? So you can't give the experience correctly because your mind has been warped by the defense mechanism. You just can't get it out correctly. And they've actually been do- doing some experiments in this, and Spencer feels that ultimately this might be the greatest contribution that that the group's work will do to contribute to uh, parapsychology consciousness research will be the defense mechanism research because uh, a lot of parapsychologists and researchers and just people who have had paranormal experiences and UFO experiences on and on and on, they have these experiences, but they evaporate. They just they can't pin them down. It's like cotton candy. You know, they just can't get anything pinned down. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you, and if so, everything is a ghost. To use one of your famous words. Yeah. And so, this the Spindra founders found some mathematical ways to track the defense mechanisms of the mind in the act of covering up psychic phenomena. It's very interesting. It's very interesting stuff. And ultimately, I think that the other scientists will be interested in this because a lot of people, and you know them too, you know, gee whiz, you know, I've had this psychic experience, but what happened to it? I can't repeat it. I can't seem to remember exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, that that's your defense mechanisms. It's just not just bad memory. It's the defense mechanism working against your best interests. Someone was said to me, well, that can't be right because I'm very interested in psychic phenomena, so I remember it. No, your mind's working against you. It's a, it's a psychic warfare going on in your own mind. Your defense mechanisms don't want you to know these things. They said, well, why not? Because your defense mechanisms are supposed to be healthy for you, and they want to keep you on track so you, you feed your family and remember to dress in the morning and go to work. Yeah. And think, once you keep on a normal life path, it does want to get you all this woo-woo stuff. Yeah, and, and spiritual peace stuff does want you to get in spiritual stuff, and uh, so it's all very uh, mysterious. But we feel that the uh, defense mechanism research will be very, very interesting. And as far as the uh, defending ourselves, yes, I think we should be aware that there are people are attacking all of us. Now, I, we, I used to think it was just the people interested in consciousness and psychic research. Now I'm kind of kind of think the whole country is being attacked. Uh, the way that 
political stuff is going on. I think everyone's being some some kind of mental attack on the whole country, and we have to really make sure that we're keeping our minds clean and clear yeah. and thoughtful because the, there's just some goofy thinking going on. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, I can't. I really cannot believe it. But I, and well, I, I can tell you that the world is not what I was brought up in. It's changed that much. It's very different now. Um, and as you're saying, and I thought about this earlier when this came up before too, as far as experiences are concerned. Um, with with the idea, we you know with the advent of social media and you know the news that we we get news delivered to us at breakneck speed now. It's instantaneous. Um, there's a lot of stories I see every day. For example, I just saw, and I, I'm going to paraphrase it really quick. I read a quick article that was from a credible source. It wasn't just from some goofy blog site that said um, there have been some discoveries in space now, you know, uh, with the Hubble and stuff like that, that they are seeing Earth-like planets in other solar systems now that are very similar That as far as they can see that are very similar in structure and makeup that of, of that of, of Earth. Uh, yeah, of, of our planet, though, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, so fine. I mean, it's, you know, the mind's going to say, at least my mind's like, well, okay, so if it's the same type of planet, that means there's people that live there, probably. Maybe, I don't know, maybe. I mean, I can't. Yeah. Assume, I mean, I'm just making a quick assumption. It's safe to do that in that situation. Well, I, I think uh, we can. If you look at look at all the species that have been extinct in the past, and and still we have millions of species now that yeah. haven't been extinct yet. So, what are the chances of something living there being there? Very high. Oh yeah, very. It high. isn't just man's here. There's all these other things, and yeah. I'm still trying to get my mind around. Dinosaurs. I don't quite understand why we had dinosaurs on the earth. I don't know what their purpose was. <laughs> but They're I mean, so big, and imagine how much yeah. food they had to eat. I don't. I'd like someday to understand the divine reason for the dinosaurs. That one has me baffled. <laughs> but but I mean, hearing something like that, though, Bill, like getting getting information like that. I mean, to me, I read that. I'm like, man, that's heavy stuff. That's really heavy. Like, they have some kind of, I mean, it's, nothing's proven, of course, but there's an idea put in front of us that, like, hey, man, we got some stuff we're seeing with, the, with, with telescopes now that are telling us there's similar planets to ours out there in, you know, in the universe. So that may answer the question that, yeah, we're not alone. Finally, somebody's going to answer this thing, right? Well, I don't know if you researched it, but maybe it's two weeks ago. Yeah. I saw that they think they found a planet that is not only similar to our Earth, yeah. but it's better. Oh, really? It's healthier than ours. So, I mean, but to the me... Storm, it doesn't have, doesn't have these dramatic storm systems. Okay. Everything's calm all the time. But, Wouldn't, now, that's really that's, something. That's so maybe really there's something, something yeah. better than the Earth. Yeah, is maybe better than the Earth. Or what? That's really far out. But the, and, and, the, and the point of that is it's not really in the story itself. It's the fact that I'm getting information like that and you know what? I'm even a victim to this too. This psychic warfare we're talking about. I read that and said, well, yeah, that's, "Tell that's me why? Heavy. Why would they attack you?" I, I I know why, but why do you think? Well, because I well myself, I, I like you. Just you answered the question already. I got to keep order in my life. I have to keep a roof over my head. I have all these things that I'm doing, and yeah, I'm doing the best I can to obviously. I mean, we're, look where we're sitting, talking on a paranormal podcast right now <laughs> i'm doing my part yes to try to be involved yes. and try to be there and you're being and and you're trying to reveal things that 
because yeah. defense mechanisms and maybe other forces do not want us to know about. Yeah, so, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. Even I get distracted. By the way, I, guess my thing is, I, I, didn't tell you, I didn't tell you my Jeff Epstein joke, did I? No. Do you know, talking about knowing what's going on or not knowing what's going on, do you remember how, su- how surprised you were when Jeff Epstein committed suicide? I wasn't all that surprised, but... <laughs> but just, okay, just okay. you were surprised. All right, I, I was surprised. Okay. <laughs> okay, imagine how surprised he was. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> that's right. I mean, there's groups out there yeah. that go around killing people. Yeah, and we don't know anything about them. I don't know if they're part of the deep state or if they're separate groups. But there's there's groups. There's organizations out there. We 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 just we're just they're just laughing at us because so we don't. All this, I mean, the average person doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. And so you lay that on me. There's that idea. We have all this stuff that we we get told every day that I think are pretty heavy subjects, but we just seem uh-huh. to look. I mean, I don't want to fall. I don't want to fall down this rabbit hole. But yeah, you're right, Bill. I believe that 100. percent There are people on this planet. There are groups of people on this planet. Organized groups of people on this planet that go around killing people for their own their own means to keep order, or at least what their perception of order is with certain things. And and it's, it's, I just, I just, this has got to come out. There's been some wonderful people that have disappeared and just all kinds. By the way, I heard another joke. Um, (laughs) You know how these congressional committees go on and on. Well, after all these years, the uh, uh, Congress committee committee has finally made a conclusion that John F. John F. Kennedy did not commit suicide. Oh, really? Jesus Christ. That's a joke. That's a total joke. <laughs> that's a, that's, a, that's yeah. what your committee, after all these years, they finally came to the conclusion he didn't commit suicide. Everybody saw him shot, see? But they decided they finally, after all kinds of research, oh, yeah, he didn't commit suicide. And, and you have that kind of he hilarity. You, you have the fact, like I said before, we know there's stuff happening around us that's really bad, that's really sucky. Oh. But we, but we, but the rest of us regular folk. I consider myself pretty regular folk. I go to job. I just go to work every day. I do my thing. Um, I, I try well, not to it's like a things. friend of mine said, uh, who's in intelligence work. He said, if you yeah. only knew the things that have been thwarted that were bad, that you don't never, you never hear about the things that were stopped before they happened. You see, it would, it would scare you. That you know? yeah, and that that's true. Like, that's I don't want to think about stuff like that. I mean, some of the some of the horrible things that we may have been faced with that we don't even know about as a race of people. As far as maybe in the United States as as a nation, there's things I'm sure that we never that never even got into the press, right? Never got into I'll our tell you news. Another feed. thing, I'll tell you another thing. I met somebody recently, and we got talking about religion. Real, real great guy, and everything. And then I asked him what church he went to. He says, "Well, don't be mad at me, but I'm in the church." that Jim Jones started and oh broke, broke, well, began in and then broke off. People's He's in the church Jim, or Jim Jones' original church that he was ordained in everything. Okay. So, wow. So that's still going on. I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that like religion the, they, they still, still make going you people? on. Not the, not the, maybe not the worst part of it, but there's still a remnant. Yeah. And this guy was part of it. Isn't that wild? That is wild. Now, to cap this thing off, I mean... We have, we, you know, we've talked about, I mean, there's been a lot of stuff discussed with prayer, religion, things like that. And I know we've already talked a lot about, well, you know, experiments with prayer, 
That's what Spindrift Research yes, has been ex- doing. By the way, I want to say the experiments are on the Spindrift website under experiments. There's also in my book, A Journey into Prayer by Bill Sweet. Cool. It's done very well. Yeah. And, uh, and, that... I don't, and there's a picture of Spindrift on the cover, if you've never seen it uh, in the ocean. And if you, you know, on the Spindrift website, spindriftresearch.org, just yeah. click book, and you can read about my book there and how to order it and everything. I guess my final the question... Experiments, the experiments yeah. are, are, are in the book, and yeah. they're, they're the, the scientific details are, and if people need, if somebody is an actual researcher or scientist and they want more science yeah. stuff, we've got that too. But I didn't put the real deep stuff in there because the readers don't want to see mathematics and formulas and stuff <laughs> like that. So I guess that's the last question I have, though, is, I, I mean... I mean, what are your impressions as far as religion and science together? Because, I mean, we both know a lot of people, they hear those words put in the same sentences and they freak out, right? They think yeah, that they're they mutually exclusive. Yeah, they think it's exclusive. an oxymoron. The yeah. thing is, is that the, uh, that was my attraction to Spindrift because they were Christian scientists and I have an interest in Christian science too, which is a religion that is interested in bringing science and religion together. A lot of people don't know that. They have all these other ideas about it, but I think it's going to be the future. Or, there, or, or if Christianity and religion doesn't get scientifically, it's, it's going to be wiped out. It's just going to be wiped out. Technology and science is just going to make a fool of religion and just wipe it out unless religion steps up to the plate. I think that religion, yeah, going on that thought, I think a lot of people, I think young, and I mean, not to say it isn't to get off my lawn show, but I mean, the younger generation, it seems like, like uh, younger folk now, I mean, what, Generation Y, I don't know, I, I guess it's Generation Y, um, religion is not something that they're really focused on at all. It seems like they're... Yeah, I, feel, I, I actually feel badly about that. I, it seems, I think people need a basic religious training, the principles that they take through to them through their whole life. It's just like if you learn piano at a young age, you can always play piano. And if you learn these... Bible principles at a young age and get first in that. Yeah, it helps you your whole life. And our country was founded on biblical principles. And yes, it people was. People have gotten to the point where they don't even know that. They don't even know that history. Well, what's that? That they can't be. And that's how far things have gone the other way. Well, that's another thing too. It's is too that, bad. It's it, too bad. The millennials and the uh, is it the Z generation? The uh, uh, they, they have Y or Z generation? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, they they really have to. They're going to have. They, they, of course, it could be that they'll. They'll find their own at some time, I hope, but I do feel badly for them. I, I talked to some young kids. Yeah. A couple of them didn't even know what the golden rule was. What's the golden rule? Never heard of that before. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a disconnect with that now. Um, it's, a different, it's a different system uh, of ideals that are being implemented, I guess, now. I mean, and I'm not going to judge either way, but it's, I mean, yeah, it's something I've noticed that uh, religion is something that just, it's not what the younger... We, well, we, I'll tell you one thing. You'll get back to order. I mean, religion will bring more order to your life, and, and being non-religious will, will not help you bring order. It will not help you. If you don't have any religious thinking, it will not help you. Yeah, I, and that's... But I, I think the order comes from... You might, mess, you might mess around with things and try to organize things, but there's a difference between organization and order. A lot of people get those two things confused. You have a lot of organization. Yeah. Not really order. And a lot of technology, that's what its main job is, is organization. Correct. And it makes you feel like you're in control. And it does. Yeah, it that's ma- the truth. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, ma- it makes you feel like you're in control. I've, I've, I've experienced this in my life. I've had, I, I can say this 
I've had times in my life where um, things were out of control, right? They, they might, you know, as far as, you know, the bigger picture, there were things that I couldn't control and it made me very uncomfortable. So I would find some project and use technology to organize something in my life that I thought needed organizing because it made me feel better that I was in control of something again, right? Technology does do that. It helps you organize, but it don't give you order. And that's a really... And, 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 and you're not satisfied the long It's not satisfying. No, you're not. Because you're always... I mean, to me, I'm always refining yeah. stuff like that. I'm you always, might at that moment that you've done the organization for a short time feel good. But then later on, you realize something is missing. There's no, yeah. And that's why you go back... And it's quality and order that's missing. Yeah. You, you go back and you organize more. My record collection, for example. I, I reorganize stuff like that. Sometimes, you know, every few years I reorganize yeah. stuff. There you are. Yeah. By the way. If you're, uh, you must be a little bit of an audiophile, then you're into LPs. Oh, yeah. I have something for you and your listeners to to look up on the Internet. I've seen it in person and played with it. Mm-hmm. Somebody has invented a levitating turntable. Oh, my goodness. Really? It's the coolest thing you've ever seen. I know guys that are buying it just for conversation peoples when people walk into their homes. <laughs> Got to look it up. Just look up levitating turntable. It's really fantastic. It works on magnetics. You can put your hand under the... Record is it's playing and it keeps playing. It's just amazing. That is wild. I am so looking that up. I, I totally have to look that up. It is great. And, it's, and it makes you feel paranormal, too, a little bit. It's a little bit of woo-woo, you know. It's weird, <laughs> yeah. Bill, thank you so much. I really, really enjoyed talking to you, sir. Uh, and oh, you do a great job. Oh, you, well, well, thank and you. By the way, you are a non-goal-directed thinker. And this is very good. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. Very good. Because <laughs> some days oh, I don't yeah. know what the hell I'm thinking. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, so you're not good. going down a list. No, no. It's <laughs> well, no. And I think a lot of people, you know, to cap this thing off. That's what I said earlier in, in our discussion was that I've had to. I I think I was at one time in my life where it was. I just want this. I want that. I want this. But I learned that I can't control everything. Like I said before. And I've right. been trying just to kind of go with the flow, and I found that my body feels better, my mind feels better as a result of that. You know, it, it does help me. So, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. The third I, I, question on the Spindrift website, spindriftresearch.org, yeah. third question on the FAQ page is all on this contrasting goal directing and non-goal directing. Everybody, check that out. Spindriftresearch.org. Ghostly talk. <laughs> Then you're never sad, it's so good.